Hey guys, I'm Kyle. And I'm Allie. Welcome, Welcome to, to our, our podcast, podcast. Where we want to encourage you in a real, raw, and authentic way. We believe in a younger generation. To rise up. So partner with us as we go all, all in for Jesus. Jesus. What's going on guys? Hopping on here tonight for a quick devotion for the podcast. So Allie's not with us tonight. Uh, she had play practice, and we were MIA last week. And I uh, just want to let you guys know, we're not going anywhere. We are not having any troubles with the podcast. The podcast isn't going anywhere. We we just missed a week. And uh, I was actually sick last Monday. Monday's usually our record day. And I was down, so I did not want to record a podcast. And tonight, Allie is occupied with play practice. So she could not come. Uh, she's got a play that she's doing this weekend. And so she'll be back with us next week. But want to get with you guys on something that's really good. But before we do, I am so glad that you're wanting to know what I'm drinking. Hmm. <clears throat> Tonight, I'm drinking Stoke black coffee, and it is good. Highly recommend it. I used to put milk in it and some sweetener, but honestly, I just like it black. It's really, it's really good black. It has some sweetener in it, so um, if you guys are looking for affordable iced coffee, I recommend just going to the store and just buying a pint or a half gallon or whatever these come in of Stoke coffee. But the title of this video and podcast is called Remembering God's Promises. Whenever we read scripture, specifically in Genesis, uh, we're going to be reading out of Genesis 31 and 32. We're going to bounce around a little bit, but just some context on Genesis 31 and 32 is this is this is Jacob and Esau. This is their time frame. So uh, the backstory, if you don't know, there was two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob stole the blessing of Esau. Now that's the short story. The long version of the story is that the name of Jacob means deceiver. And whenever him and his brother were coming out of the womb, they were they were born at the same time. They were twins, <clears throat> though they did not look alike. They were twins, and it says that that Jacob was grabbing the heel of Esau as they were coming out, because Esau came out first. But Jacob, even as an infant, was trying to pull Esau back. Great deceiver is what Jacob means. And then they they go on throughout life. And they're they're very different. Esau, he's more the the burly kind of brother, you know, the the hunter gatherer kind of brother. And uh, Jacob is more of mama's boy. And so it comes time. Their father is getting old, and it's time for him to give one of his sons his blessing. And you know, tradition says that the oldest son gets the blessing of the father. Esau came out first, so, you know, Esau is the older son. The blessing automatically goes to Esau. 
So Esau and Jacob's dad says, hey, you know, this is what I want you to do for me to give you my blessing. I want you to go out. I want you to kill uh, some game for me and then make me this certain stew that I like. And then whenever you do that, I will give you my blessing. And so he does that. He goes out and he hunts and he, he gathers. And as he's doing that, Jacob and Esau's mom overheard their dad talking, you know, telling Esau this. And Jacob, being his mom's favorite, gets told by his mom, hey, if you make this stew, like I know how to make it. I'm the one who cooks for him all the time. I know his favorite food. I will tell you what, in fact, I'm telling you right now what it is he wants. Just go make it for him and disguise yourself. Your dad, he's old. He can't really see that well. Just disguise yourself. So, so he put some, some uh, I don't know if it was a lamb or, or goat skin or fur, something. He, he, he put something. He disguised himself with something in order to act like his brother. So he's, he's going to his father and he says, Hey, you know, dad, I, I did exactly what you told me to. I went and got the food ready. I got the game ready and here it is. I love you, dad. And where's my blessing? And so he does that and he deceives his father and he does get his father's blessing and then Esau enters the picture, and Esau is, he's ticked. Like Esau is furious at the scene because there's no blessing left for him. Like the blessing was his, and he just lost it. It belonged to him, and his brother just took it. And so Jacob runs for his life. He goes off to a, a faraway land because he's afraid that his brother is going to kill him. And that is where we pick up in Genesis chapter 31. So Jacob, he's, he's at the faraway land. And God says this to Jacob. We're going to read the scripture and then we're going to pull a couple things from it. And this is really good. This is super applicable to our everyday lives. But in chapter 31, verse 3, it is very simple. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. I love this because what you have is a commandment by God. Go back to the land of your father and of your relatives. But that command comes with a promise. That when you go, I will be with you. But that doesn't make the situation any easier for Jacob. See, Jacob still had to be full of great faith in order to go back because he had to trust God. He had to take God at his word. You know, that if I follow this command that you told me to do, God, that you're going to be a man of your word, that you are going to keep your promise to me. And he struggled with it. We struggle with it all the time. When God tells us to do something or, or says, hey, I have this for you, you know, we're doubtful. We are that doubting Thomas. And oftentimes we 
we just struggle. We, we fear because it's hard. And Jacob feared in the next chapter, chapter 32, verse 7, it says, In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him. So all the people that were with him in the faraway land, he divided them into groups and flocks and herds and, and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the other group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed. Now this is important. This is the part in my Bible that's underlined. Then Jacob prayed, O oh my God, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness that you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now my, the hand of my brother Esau, sorry, save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said to me, again, but you have said to me, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So what you have there is, is a commandment and a promise from God coming a chapter earlier. And then now here's Jacob getting ready to walk out the command that God told him to. But two times in this paragraph, starting in verse 7, going through verse 12, two times just this in this one paragraph, it says Jacob is fearful. But in that great fear, two times Jacob decided to do this. Repeat the promises of God. Jacob chose to repeat the promises of God. And why did he choose to repeat the promises of God? Did he choose to repeat the promises of God? I'm repeating myself right now. In order to remind God no, not at all, because God had not forgotten his promise. When God makes a promise to you, and when God made a promise to Jacob, it wasn't, hey, maybe I will be with you. It's, I will be with you, yes and amen. I will be with you. I'm a man of my word. And so here's Jacob repeating the promises of God. Not to remind God, <laughs> but to remind himself. That's what we do. We repeat the promises that God has spoken over us through his word to remind ourselves of the promises of God. And that's hard. That's hard. But we have to remember that oftentimes in order to actually walk through the command that God has told us to. We have to repeat the promise in order to not give up too soon. You know, whenever you're struggling and, and you're, you're working, but the, the money just doesn't seem to be coming in. You can remind yourself by repeating the scripture 
if he dresses the lilies, he's going to take care of me. When you struggle with self-confidence, you can repeat the promise of God that with him you are a royal priesthood. (laughs) You can repeat when struggling with self-confidence that God says, I, though am not enough on my own, that I am enough with him. I mean, this is good. Like, when I, whenever I'm going through a situation and I'm lonely, I can repeat the promise of God that I will be with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. And as as corny and cliche as some of those things may sound, because there are Sunday school things that like we're you know we're taught to always remember and always to go back to. Hey, God will always be with you. God will always be with you. But it's true. And it's in the moments of great fear, whenever we're going back to our brother and, our, and we think our brother's going to chop our head off, and it may not actually be our brother, but, but the situation is fearful, the situation is doubtful, we, rem, we remind ourselves that God will be with us. That's the promise of God. And so that's what we do. I also, whenever I was, uh, that's, that's the main point, okay? That's it, the main point. We repeat the promises of God, not to remind God of what he already promised us, but to remind ourselves of what God has spoken over us. That's the main point. But also, as I was, I was, I was preparing this and getting ready to hop on here and talk about this, I started to think about faith. You know, we read in, in Hebrews, a couple months ago, I was studying Hebrews, and uh, it's, it's the chapter of faith in action. I think it's Hebrews 11 or Hebrews 12, and it's just going through kind of Old Testament heroes of our faith, you know, you know Enoch, for example, like he had such great faith. It was said of him that he had such great faith that he did not even experience death. And one time I was... I was preaching uh, a message about Hebrews chapter 11 or 12, whichever one it is, the chapter of faith in action. Uh, I was preaching that at a, at a local high school, and one of the kids came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I, I, I really respect your message, you know. And it was one of those things where whenever he told me that, I knew there was a big but coming after that. I'm like, okay, okay, get ready for it. And so I'm ready for this big but that he was about to bring. And he said, but have you ever thought about maybe having too much faith? And I thought, no. (laughs) But he had a good question and I, and I, I heard him out and he said, you know, have you ever heard the story of the, the man and the three ships. I said, actually, I haven't. And he let me in on the story. And basically, the story goes like this. It's just a fictional story. There was a man who was swimming in the ocean. And this is how he started the story. There was a man swimming in the ocean. And there was a boat that came along. And it was this, you know, rankety, jankety, 
old fishing boat. But the guys on there were really friendly, and they said, hey, you know, we'll save you. He said, I don't need you to save me. God will save me. So then, you know, a couple hours later, he's still stranded at sea, still swimming. He's a pretty good swimmer to be swimming for a couple hours. And then another boat comes up to him. This one's a little nicer, you know. And this boat, the people on it, again, are friendly. And they say, hey, come on, we'll save you. He said, no, God will save me. And then finally, there's a really nice boat. And I don't know if it's super important of how nice the boats are, but this is how he told me the story. There's this yacht, man, and this yacht comes along. And again, friendly folks, they say, hey, come on, we'll save you. And he said, no, God will save me. And so then, you know, at the end of the story, the man drowns. He drowns. And he's, he's in heaven. <clears throat> again, remember, this is a fictional story. <laughs> The man is in heaven, and he's in front of God, and he's like, you know, God, why didn't you save me? And God said, well, I tried to three times, and you didn't take me up on my offer. You know, I, I, I sent people to do that for you. And so that's the story that the guy used in order to say, hey, have you ever thought about having too much faith? And as I'm reading this story, I'm thinking about the faith of Jacob to go back to the land of his fathers and of his relatives. And the thing that's important, and I asked this young man at the high school after he told me the story of the the man and the three ships, he said, what's really important when it comes to faith is who have you got a word from? Like, for the example of the man on the three ships, like why was he in the ocean? Did God tell him to go in the ocean and swim and I will save you? And he said, no, he was just, he, his, his ship just uh, wrecked and then he was stranded. And I said, that sounds kind of just like recklessness. The, the big difference here, you know, whenever we're talking about great faith, and whenever I have great faith to do something, it all comes from the one who told me to do that something. And so in here, Jacob had a commandment from God. And so his commandment allowed him to have the faith in the one who gave him the commandment. He wasn't being reckless. He was being full of faith. And even in that, even in the pursuit of trying to show great faith, you, me, even in the pursuit of us trying to show great faith, we need to remember <laughs> the promises of God. The promises of God will get us through. The promises of God are good, and they're never changing. And so I will ask you this. Are you dwelling in the promises of God? Because the struggles of life, let me tell you this, the struggles of life, they aren't a maybe, they are a for sure. They are a guaranteed. So are you dwelling in the promises of God? Andy Mineo, he's got this one quote. I love it. I just thought of it as I was literally just speaking right there. But he says, 
Uh, don't tell me that God is silent when your Bible is closed. I mean, come on, that's good, right? Is your Bible closed? Are you dwelling in the promises of God? You should be. So here's the commission for the week. Here's the challenge for the week. Go and get in your word and dwell and rest in the promises of God. And you will be able to have great fear just like Jacob. And you will be able to do such a thing as going back to the land of your fathers, going back to the land of your relatives, despite them wanting your head potentially and God will be with you. That's good news. We'll see you next week. Allie will be back, and we are getting really close to the wedding, so that's fun stuff. Uh, we will probably keep you guys posted on the podcast and also on the YouTube channel through that. Uh, and if you liked the video, it kind of turned out nice. I'm, I'm happy with the way it's turned out. Uh, if you want to see the video again, let me know. Put it in the comments or DM me or Allie on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. But myself and Allie will be back next week. We'll see you guys then.